Welcome to San Diego Sessions. We're here with multi-instrumentalist Tonga Ross Mao. San Diego Sessions, San Diego's jazz podcast, featuring local artists, new releases, and more. Here are your hosts, Ian Tordella and Ed Kornhauser. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Welcome to San Diego Sessions. Uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, Ed Kornhauser, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Ian Tordella. And we're here today in the studio with pianist, guitarist, all-around multi-instrumentalist, composer, educator, producer, Tonga Rossmau. What's good? Hey, man. How you doing? I'm good. How are you, man? Uh, we're really excited to have you here. We've been trying to get you in for a while. and uh, that's That's been my fault, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, He's I'm, already taking the blame. Yeah. Yeah. We, we start off really aggressive here. <laughs> right. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'll see how you do. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Before we jump into Tonga's new record, I have some, some questions for Ed Kornhauser, my co-host. Question away. This is called This Versus That. I'm going to give him two musicians or other figure of note, and he'll have to pick one and only one. Other figure of note. Here we go. <laughs> All right. First up, uh, pianist, composer, uh, orchestral conductor, Alan Broadbent, versus Sick. the uh, free jazz trumpeter who uh, was active in the mid to late 60s, Alan Shorter. Also, the older brother of Wayne, Wayne Shorter. Shorter. Yeah, uh, I've, 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 I have not, I do not know a lot about Alan Shorter. I know he of his existence, and I had, I have to admit that might be about all I know. I, I'm not familiar with his recordings. I love Alan Broadbent, though. Great pianist. Like, I've, I've heard a bunch of his solo stuff. He's terrific. So I, I feel a bit pigeonholed that I have to go with Alan Broadbent because I'm <laughs> not familiar with Wayne. I mean, uh, sorry. See. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alan Shorter. Alan Shorter. <laughs> Apart from, I know that he exists. All right. Next up, alto saxophonist and improviser Tim Byrne versus tenor saxophonist, soprano saxophonist, and member of the Terrell Stafford Quintet, Tim Warfield. Hmm. I'm gonna go with uh, Tim Warfield on this. I like the. I like, ter- I like the Terrell Staffords. All right. Is it Terrell or Terrell? <laughs> I'm not sure. Wait, what? That sounds like the same thing. Yeah, what do you do? I, I, I was about to say, wait. Oh, is that Terrell? tomato or I'm tomato? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next up, uh, further down the list of, of obscure trumpet players, although he's not so obscure. Uh, he's played with some friends of ours. Trumpeter and a member of Josh Groban's band. Oh, boy. But 
A gig's a gig. Um, he's way into <laughs> free jazz and heavy metal. He's also the owner of Orenda Records, Daniel Rosenboom, versus mm. iconic local saxophonist Daniel Jackson. Oh, that's hard. Um, I saw. I've I've, I've seen both. Um, I got. I see. I said. I saw Daniel Rosenbloom. I think twice. Boom. Boom. Sorry. Excuse me. Uh, Daniel Rosenbloom twice. Once at uh, a place that no longer exists that I can't remember the name of. <laughs> the Baboa, I think, or whatever the Baboa was called beforehand. Oh, and, right, right. Uh, and uh, a little, uh, and then once at uh, Seven Grand, and it was yeah, super electric, super crazy, super intense. It's like metal jazz. Uh, but um, I got to go with... Kind of like Nixus? Little... No, Dan stuff is like... It's like metal that's been influenced by jazz. Oh, okay. So <laughs> all metal. Yeah. It's, oh, okay. it's super technical. And yeah. Yeah. has some incredible guys on it. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he I had mean, a quintet it... that was more uh, kind of the jazz and the metal were on equal footing. Mm-hmm. But then he... And that had Alex Noyce from metal. Vinnie Golia's <laughs> band. And then he went to his new band, which is... I think it's still his new band called Burning Ghosts, which was like... Way more like full on, yeah, just nasty. What's super what, heavy? What's her? What's the? It's what's his? What's his stuff, drummer's but name? The, trumpet. The the girl. She's killer. She. I can't remember her name. She like face melted. Oh, That's, I don't know. I haven't seen. Was, I haven't seen Burning Ghost, but I have seen the quintet a few times. She's in. I feel bad. I can't remember her name. It was like four years ago that I saw them, but she was mm. incredible. Um. Yeah. But sorry, we're talking all about Daniel Rosenboom. Got to give it to Daniel Jackson, uh, iconic local saxophone player. Came up in San Diego, saw so much occur. Stayed on the scene, played with Ray Charles, uh, mentored a lot of players here in town. Was a really pivotal figure. I got to know him barely, uh, but I got to play with him a handful of times, and it was so cool. It was like a, a window into the past. Mm. And he was a he was a wonderful player. And yeah. uh, I, he passed maybe I don't know four or five years ago, six years. Has ago. it been that long? It's been a while. Uh, I'm bad at that, but it's been a while. Anyway, so I'm I'm going with Daniel Jackson, wonderful, uh, late great San Diego saxophone player. All right, that was this versus that edition forty two. Uh, we're gonna get into a tune here. This one is called Janglin', and it's from our guest Tonga Ross Mao and his band Ascent Trio. Mm.
Welcome back to San Diego Sessions. That was Janglin from Ascent Trio off their new self-titled record, which comes out June 29th. And just a side note, you might hear our, our lawn guys out there. And we're also running a new setup today, so if we sound a little different, a little more smooth and radio-friendly, yes, that's, uh, that's our new equipment. That's a little inside knowledge for all you <laughs> audiophiles out in podcast land. Yeah. <laughs> Right on. Well, that was a that was a cool cool track, man. Really caught the ear. Thank you, thank you. And that was a composition by you, I believe. Yes, on the record, um, there it's a five song EP, and it's uh, three originals that I wrote, um, which will actually a while ago. Well, except mm-hmm. one of them, but and then other t- uh, I have two other ones that feature a singer, Rana Tabrisi, mm. a good friend of mine, um, on two uh, what rearrangements of some old standards yeah. so i uh do do copyright uh, uh implications we can't play those today but yeah. we highly recommend you check them out when the album comes out they're really cool sorry rana yeah That's yeah no fault. she's she's fantastic <laughs> she's really yeah. cool uh great like straight tone um so besides you two uh who else joins you on this record so we got um, the indomitable talents of Charlie Weller on drums and Andrew Mitchell on bass. And interestingly, on this album, you're featured on guitar and piano. Yeah, I got one track that um, uh, angles that I play guitar and piano, which I had to. I, I think we recorded the piano first, and then I overdubbed the guitar. I was wondering, right. yeah, that's that's what yeah. I thought too. I was trying it's, to figure out which one, which came. Oh, first, right, right, chicken or the egg? But yeah, <laughs> just tell people you did it at the same time. Yeah. Oh you know? man, you I wish. See, see this easy. dude who plays guitar with his feet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not big toe. Um, <laughs> so, in terms of the uh, ascent trio, the the you mm-hmm. and Andrew and 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 Charlie, how did you guys come together in the first place? We actually started hanging out. Um, this was like two, maybe three years ago, uh, just getting together to play and practice, you know, just to shed. Um, but we had such immediate chemistry, um, after about it, it took a while cause we were doing a bunch of other stuff. You know, I kind of, um, suggested we just form a group. It's like, Hey, might as well, let's play some gigs or, you know, do, uh, a recording or whatnot. So hmm. We did like a demo thing to try and get some some gigs here and there, but it was it was a very low key project. Um, but it just started out as just a weekly shed session that um, it was just the three of us, and I think Brian O'Donnell, trump a local trombone mm-hmm. player who plays um, mainly classical, but he was he was getting to jazz at that point too. He was he would join us every now and then, and then we just get together and. Me and Charlie would kind of like switch up instruments and everything. Yeah, he's and, another one like you guys are the worst. Right. Just just killing it on all these different instruments. Charlie's a wonderful drummer, as, as we as you heard during our theme song, but he also plays trumpet, piano, he has some mm-hmm. facility on guitar. It's yeah. not fair. No, at all. he's it's, that dude is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. When he picked up the trumpet, the one session, I was like, wait, you play, and then he just started playing. I'm like, oh not cool. Well, you were like the, you're the same way. I'm I already know what I'm capable of, so it was just, <laughs> it was it was a just surprise. surprise. I'm like, I know he's a multi-instrumentalist, but holy crap. That's why I, it was just, it was a surprise for me. It was a pleasant surprise because he he's very melodic and very. on drums. Yeah. And you can tell from his trumpet playing, um, all of his playing, everything is informed 
by each instrument. So, um, and then Andrew's just, we've been buddies since um, uh, 2009 when I was working with uh, Kamal Kenyatta, a uh, local producer, saxophone, pianist, everything. Um, we co- got pulled into the same project at the same time. Uh, Derek Cannon, uh, local trumpet, uh, player, trumpet player, educator as well, yeah. Pulled him in and then we started playing together. So oh. we just started hanging out. So, um, in terms of this record, uh, where did you guys uh, go to record? We went up to Nolan Shahid's studio up in Pasadena. Oh, of course, yeah, so, I know that. I've recorded there as well. We've, right, we've heard a lot well, of Matthew, music come Matthew out of Smith, there. Matthew Smith, right? Mm-hmm. Right. That Kamal we, put us in touch with him too. Yes, and Nolan Shahid is one of many claims to fame. Uh, he used to be Marvin Gaye's music director, yep. I believe. Yeah. Yep. And it was like later in the era, uh, if I remember that correctly, but. Um, I mean, working with Marvin Gaye in any capacity is ridiculous. But he, he's a burning trumpet player too. Oh yeah, yeah. We 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 were checking out when we were up there. We found some recordings of him and just like, mm-hmm. wow, and great ears too. Did uh, Kamal come up and work with you guys as well on this? Actually, no. I produced it mainly, and uh, I ended up having Kamal. I would uh, when I'd get the rough mix or I'd be working on a mix, I'd go to him like I generally do with all my recordings and just to get another ear on it, and then. He just would give me some direction. Nice. Um, yeah, we ended up, so we recorded it up there with uh, Nolan, and then I ended up taking it to Chris Hobson, ah, uh, yes. and a local engineer in Encinitas, who's, I mean, he's incredible. Oh, yeah, I've worked with him, too. He's an amazing engineer. He hears so much. He's so quick. Yeah. And he's got a great ear for how jazz should sound. Yeah, and Kamau, it's funny, because uh, I've been in mixing sessions with him and Kamau, and Kamau is um, he'll hear some stuff or whatnot, but like Chris will already be on it. He'll be yeah. making certain edits that Kamal's already like. Oh, I didn't have to say anything. He's already he's already thinking the same way. So it's very easy to work with. I was in one of those situations once where where Kamal was talking about something, and and Chris was like, "Oh yeah, here." Played it. Done. He played it right back, <laughs> and then Kamal. I remember Kamal's exact words. He just put his hands up and went, "Hobson against the world." Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so like that's a great line yo that's a great line oh in the tradition of san diego sessions inside baseball i, I think chris hobson has mixed at, at least one of all, each of our records yeah so. oh right yeah <laughs> he's he's the man uh, just like got all his fingers in all the pies oh he know he, he's got a great ear he, he knows what it should sound like and yeah and he's quick and he's cool and oh yeah exactly super quick and very easy to work with i, I to be honest i'm pretty sure um, I kind of like let him do his thing because I didn't, I, I was in there mixing it with him a few times, but, um, I'm like, uh, yeah, you just finish it up the way, you know, you think it should be. And then just send it to me. And it was, it's, he's somebody you can trust easily, yeah. with, you know, to make good decisions is very informed, but he's, he's an artist himself. So, um, yeah, he, he cares about the music tremendously and he's just a really good engineer. So all the, anything you can ask for so so uh so before we started you mentioned that you do a lot of different genres and you grew up playing more pop music and you do you make beats and you uh do a lot of stuff outside of jazz but oh what, yeah um what was your process for writing the originals on this record which Good are question. more quote unquote doing my air quotes more jazz oriented <laughs> stuff obviously yeah, you have to like actually dictate air quotes because yeah you if you could <laughs> right, see right. me i'm doing the air He's quotes doing the little bunny yeah. ears. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, that's a, a great question because two of the originals I wrote in college. So oh. back in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're finally seeing the light of a... Recording day, yeah. 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 Part of that uh, was because I, I wanted to record because um, I wanted to document these songs because <laughs> I'm like, I really loved the way they turned out. And I'd played them a number of times, but I never had a record of any of them. So, but angles has a funny story to it. A lot, pretty much all my compositions have a story to it. Angles, I um, I was listening to Kurt Rosenwinkel back in college, um, and I think it was the Remedy, his live CD. And right. um, I think it was the song View from Moscow or View of Moscow. View from Moscow, right? From Moscow, yeah. yeah. Um, or maybe another one. Oh, no, it's it's the first song. It was both of those songs that I was... Uh, the first song off that uh, that CD. I forget the exact name. Chords. I'm pretty sure it's Chords. So I remember going to take a shower one morning, kid you not, and... I had this, like this, uh, uh, this rhythm in my head and this moving harmonic structure, like kind of just going. And I got out. I like stopped showering, like mid shower. I'm like, I gotta go. <laughs> and I, like in my towel, like go back to my room, pick up guitar, and just figure out what was in my head. Which, luckily, you know how when you get an idea and then you try and put it down, you immediately forget it because you hit something wrong. Uh, luckily, that wasn't the case. Right, and I just wrote the uh, the harmonic progression, and that was the beginning of it. Um, but it was it was in the kind of same vein, same attitude as that record. Because um, what I really enjoyed about Kurt's writing at the time was um, it had a semblance of it was more current in the sense of. Because I'd been listening to a lot of traditional jazz, which was great, and it's I connect with it a lot. But I had a uh, a better connection that I didn't understand at that time, but that I understand a lot more now. Especially, I've talked to Kamau about that um, because it was it was coming from a place where Kurt was being influenced by some of the same things that all of us were, like some rock. You know, and you know, right? Just current music, and so it would obviously appear in his own music. So it just felt more relevant, and um, yeah, the sound, his technique, and all that stuff—it's all ridiculous. But just the uh, the intent of his writing just really kind of sunk in, and then that's how I wrote that particular piece. You sort cool. of took his torch and kind of trying to run with it a little bit. Yeah, just you know, see what he did, and that's what I do with. Um, most influences i i try not to copy or like i i don't transcribe people's solos or whatnot because it's super tedious and it's probably the best thing i tell all my students I'm like yo this is the best thing you can ever do because all my friends like you guys that transcribe i'm like they're beasts they're improvising but i just don't have the patience for it yeah it does but, it does take a while i don't imp- i don't not improvise i don't uh, transcribe as often as i should Right. Oh, I don't think anybody does. And mm-hmm. the ones that do, you can tell. But I like transcribing actual songs, like the song forms. So from more yeah. of a conceptual approach, I do that all day long. Like that's fun for me. And um, I don't think I had transcribed Kurt's songs, but 
I was just listening to it as a conceptual approach and then took that and ran with it. So, well, I mean, Rosenwinkel is known for being so technical, but really, like you were, you were kind of hinting at his melodies are, they're just really melodic. They're singable. Yeah. They're, they're, Some in a way, they're really not, simple. But yeah, well, yeah like, it yeah. depends on the record. But yeah, I mean, yeah. he's got such a diverse catalog now. But, um, right, right. But it, sure. especially this period you're talking about, it's, uh, mm-hmm. they're so like almost anthemic. Yeah. yeah. It's, they were, epic oh my gosh like his his music was epic that's kind of the rock influence that i felt or like metal i actually took i saw him live in boston at the regatta bar and i took my buddy uh shane thurston a homie of mine uh who's this big rugby player Mm. from humboldt and he listened to like only metal or like he was a big metal fan i'm like you know i think you're gonna dig this you know, because you just, you know, it's very guitar-oriented or whatever. So we finally get in there, um, and we end up being late because trying to drive through Boston is a hassle. You know, just trying to find your way through all those. Like Boston is so bad when it comes yeah. to roads. It wasn't really designed <laughs> yeah. for cars. I usually, yeah, that was like the one out of two times I've ever driven through Boston, and I'm never going to do that again. You should have taken a horse. That's that's how. It oh, was it would have been faster. Yeah. yeah, I got I legit got lost. This before GPS. <laughs> I was yeah, it was a whole charade. But um, so we show up and we you know listen to half the set because we came that late and. He came up to me afterward because we we kind of picked spots in the, the the bar that we like dug, and then we got together and he was just blown. He's like, "Yo, thank you for bringing me. That was incredible." I'm like, "That that's cool." You know, he had that influence and he could recognize that um, and kind of vibe with Kurt. And he he'd never really listened to jazz that much, so it was it was cool kind of uh, bridging you got, styles. You got to kind of open his mind a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, like, he opened my mind with metal music, too. So yeah. it was just, you know, I knew this was, like, a nice medium. Right. You know, like, right in between, because Kurt's technique is just out of control. And he uses, you can hear that metal influence, mm. but then he takes it to new levels by, you know, with what he's doing, so. Yeah. Well, we're going to hear that tune you're talking about, Angles, in a little bit. But mm-hmm. but to shift gears, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to drop some of the tracks you've been working on at home. Uh, oh, okay, think, cool. And you've been making these in, in Ableton Live, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. This one is called First Things First.
Cool. That was First Things First, which was your first yes. dropped, am I using that word correctly, beat? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So you uh, you made that. That's all you using yes. Ableton Live? Ableton Live 9. I think they came out with 10 recently. But uh, yes. You, did you collaborate with anyone or is that totally just all, all you um, there? No, that's, that's all me. Uh, for the beats, yeah, at least right now, I... I'm just using my multi-instrumentalism to its highest degree. Yeah. So Economical AF. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That yeah. that is true. It's all in-house. Yeah. Yes. And then and is this literally in-house? Did you do this at your home? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So bedroom What's, producer. <laughs> do you uh do you compose these from the ground up and think the arrangements out kind of fully, or do you kind of work with them as you go? They become kind of an evolving process. What's your um, process? <laughs> That's a great question because depending on what I'm writing, like jazz, I have a certain process, but for the beats, it's um, uh, I just come up with whatever idea. It's it's a little bit uh, different because you're using up more repetition because that's that's just the style of the the genre of music. Although I tend to do it more like a songwriting form in terms of like a section b section maybe a c section or whatnot whereas i've been trying to study more and more like chill hop beats and whatnot and it's it tends to be very like monotonous in terms of the form wise and it's more of the arrangement that really takes shape take uh, makes yeah. it like go somewhere so but i'm i'm too used to writing song forms and it's like okay that'll be my angle Versus these other um, beat producers, so yeah. Listening back, I mean, it does have it. It's got uh, it goes places. It has different sections. It yeah. has an evolution to it. What what I always get, uh, what I found out from well, come out and pretty much a lot of people who I've showed this to, um, and even a couple of blogs that I sent it to to get some promotion on it, they always ask like, "Oh, you to put uh, some vocals on this?" I'm like, "Oh." Dang it. Uh, not yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to. That's the plan. Um, because it just, um, the response has always been like, oh, this sounds great. It would be easy to put vocals on. I'm like, you're right. But my whole thing at this point is just to get, get the music out there. Would, would you consider like putting it out there? And if somebody else wanted to like write their own vocals to it, like right. sending them the stem, the stems, is that what that's called? Sending yeah, them yeah, the yeah. things and yeah. So the plan is actually, um, I have a certain, uh, a few of them, few beats that I've made that uh, I'm going to put out as singles, maybe four or five of them as pure instrumentals, and then come out with an EP of remix uh, of all of them remixed with all vocalists nice. on it. So, um. But I just, uh, for me and for my like brain, you know, just my mental health, I, I needed to get something out there because this is, I've, I actually have no discography up until now. Mm. I'm, but it's like a blitz. Making like, waves. There's right a on. ton of music like every few weeks. There's something out for the. I'm, hopefully doing that till the end of the year at the very least, if not longer. That's brilliant. So, That's cool. Well, we look forward to hearing more of this and and more of the jazz stuff too. That's great. Yeah. yeah. And with the, I mean, with your Ascent Trio record, I was talking to somebody else about this. When you make, or Danny Green, I guess, when you make a record, um, it seems by the time you get it out of the studio and get it mixed and get it mastered and yeah. get all all your ducks in a row with the release and the media, it's it's going to be like eight months to over a year. Mm -hmm. And by that time, you're itching to get something else out there. Right. 
So the Accentrio thing has actually been done. We finished recording last January, and the mix was done last April. And it just took me a whole year to get, because of the two covers, uh, all the copywriting, licensing thing. And then I finally figured out uh, what DistroKid does all of that for you when I was actually releasing First Things First. So I was like, oh, they do it all for me. I don't have to do the mechanical licensing. And then I was like, yeah, releasing it in three weeks. <laughs> Perfect. For our listeners, DistroKid is like a independent artist used as a digital distributor. It's sort yeah. of like CD Baby, but better. Um, yeah. But I'm not endorsed by them in any way. <laughs> Let's get into another tune from the record. This is one we were, we were talking about uh, called Angles. And again, this features Charlie Weller and Andrew Mitchell on bass, as well as Tonga on guitar and piano. Double Threat. And this is going to take us right up into the jazz calendar and station identification.
I'm Rob Thorson, and you're listening to San Diego Sessions. Listen online, wherever you get your podcasts. Here's your extended 14-day jazz forecast. As always, here are the regular happenings. On Monday, guitarist Louis Valenzuela hosts his regular jam session at Rosie O'Grady's in Normal Heights from 9 p.m. to midnight. No cover, 21 and up. On Tuesdays, the Havana Jam, an Afro-Cuban jam session, kicks off downtown from 8 to midnight at Prohibition. On Wednesdays, Gilbert Castellanos hosts his long-standing Wednesday night jam at Panama 66 in Balboa Park. Music from 8.30 to 11.30 p.m. Come down early to hear the Young Lions play from 6 to 8, featuring up-and-coming musicians from around San Diego. On Thursdays, there's a jam session at the Ken Club, hosted by saxophonist Robert Dove and Ian Buss. Music from 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. $5 cover, but musicians get in for free. You must be 21 or older. Every Friday, flutist Holly Hoffman presents Jazz Happy Hour at the Handlery Hotel in Hotel Circle from 5.30 to 7.30. There's no cover and your parking is validated. On Friday, June 29th, the Lower Left Trio releases their latest CD with Mikon Zlakovich on piano, bassist Will Lyle, and drummer Barry Farrar. The following Friday, catch guitarist Louis Valenzuela, joined by pianist Ed Kornhauser, bassist Mac Layton, and drummer Charles Weller. Also on Fridays, Gilbert Castellanos presents Jazz at the Westgate in the Plaza Bar at the beautiful Westgate Hotel. Music from 8 to 11 p.m. Here are some highlights for the coming weeks. Wednesday, June 27th, bassist Mac Layton and guitarist Louis Valenzuela play from 6 to 8 at Second Chance Beer Company's Beer Lounge in North Park. Thursday, June 28th, the Ian Tordella Group, that's me, performs for the Sunset Poolside Jazz Series at the Westgate Hotel, with Jason Chatiel on piano, Julian Cantelm on drums, and Ben Wanaker on the bass. Music from 6 to 9.30 p.m. No cover, but there is a $25 food drink minimum. Saturday, June 30th, you can catch the Gaslamp Quarter Jazz Orchestra as they play a night of classic big band and swing at the Bankers Hill Club at 3030 Front Street from 6.30 to 10.30 p.m. All ages welcome. Tickets are $25 and proceeds go to support people with disabilities. Come and enjoy the music and dance. Sunday, July 1st, vocalist Leonard Patton and our very own Edward Kornhauser play their monthly first Sunday gig at the Turf Supper Club in Golden Hill, 8 to 11 p.m., 21 and up. Thursday, July the 5th, vocalist Coral McFarlane Tewitt plays for the Sunset Poolside Jazz Series at the Westgate. Again, music is from 6.30 to 9.30, no cover, $25 minimum. Also that night, come out for the opening of Leonard Patton's new venue, LP's Jazz Vibe. 
It's going to feature the Joshua White Trio with Joshua White on keys, Dean Hewlett on bass, and Tyler Crutell on drums. Music from 7.30 to 9.30 with a $20 cover. The address is 861 Herald Place, Suite 106 in Chula Vista. On Friday, July 6, singer and guitarist Sahara Grimm and her group play at Panama 66 from 6 until 8 p.m. Saturday, July 7th, Jake Nager and the Moment of Truth play a free outdoor concert at Bird Park in North Park from 5 to 7.30 p.m. And Sunday, July 8th, Sassy Sunday with Lorraine Castellanos at the Turf Supper Club from 8 to 11 p.m., featuring our very own Sir Edward Kornhauser on piano. Here's some jazz standards at one of the oldest piano bars in the city. No cover, but you must be 21 and up. You're listening to San Diego Sessions. And we're back on San Diego Sessions, brought to you by Dirty Boulevard Recording Company. We just heard Sleep In by our guest Tonga Ross Mao. And before that, we were checking out his tune from his new jazz record, Uh, The Ascent Trio, which comes out on June 29th, and that was called Angles. And if you'd like to see some extras from the show, uh, some video clips and pictures, please follow us on Instagram at San Diego Sessions Podcast. And if you like what you hear and you like what you see, hey, maybe go over to iTunes. Check us out. Maybe subscribe. How about you hit a, give us a little nice review or give us some stars. But if you don't, that's cool. No love lost. Just, you know, stay away from the iTunes. Just stay away. Stay away. You could send me hate mail. Uh, you can throw a brick through my window if you could find where I live. Uh, but yeah, just stay away from the iTunes for now. Is that cool? All right. Write cool. your comments in Sharpie on said brick. <laughs> or you can send comments, questions, comments, suggestions to sdsessionspodcast at gmail.com. And now it's time for our favoritist segment of the week. This is the San Diego 7 with Ed Kornhauser. This is the uh, San Diego 7. These are seven rapid-fire questions we'd like you to answer. Lightning round. From the top of your head and the bottom of your heart. Done. That's great. I've been dropping the phrase rapid-fire, but it's not really (laughs) rapid-fire. But I said it anyway today out of muscle memory. All right. Number one, what was the first thing you thought of when you woke up this morning? Wow. My knee is swollen still. Oof. Yeah, yeah. Your knee is a your right knee is in a big bandage for basketball. I think. Yeah, tweaked my knee playing basketball. I am not a young man anymore. <laughs> Takes a while to heal. Yeah, right. Oof. Uh, number two. What was the first record you bought with your own money? Oh, record as in like album. any format. Out. CD, yeah, yeah. Album. Yeah, yeah. Well, the first tape album I should say yeah. I ever got, which I guess was my own money, was a. Uh, the soundtrack to Space Jam. <laughs> oh, yeah. 90s kid, man. Yeah, oh, seriously. Oh, my gosh. That oh. movie, coincidentally, came out on my birthday in the theaters. Oh it was the greatest birthday I've ever had. Wow. Yeah. I, I always think of that movie as when I was a kid in elementary school, and it would rain. Mm-hmm. Instead of letting us out for recess, they'd sh- shuffle us into the school auditorium. Oh, yeah. And every time, it would either be Space Jam we watched Space Jam mm-hmm. or Angels in the Outfield, the remake with oh, Christopher nice. Lloyd and Tony right, right. Danza and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. But they only had those two movies. Sh- those are only- pretty, two pretty good movies, yeah, man. Those are classic 90s films, but it was yeah. only those two movies. I could watch those over and over, Space yeah. Jam specifically. When it rains, I just think of Space Jam. Nice. <laughs> and um, I'm sure your school paid the royalties on that. I'm sure they did, yeah. <laughs> Number three. 
who's a jazz musician, pastor, present, you feel doesn't get the recognition they deserve? That doesn't get the recognition they deserve. Ooh, I, that's, I think all of the musicians, maybe Danny Grissett, mm. pianist. Yeah, he was, he's terrific. I've seen he's, him twice with Tom he's, Harrell. He's amazing. Oh yeah, he's, I actually took a lesson with him in New York when I was there last year or the year before. Um, Very, very gracious person. Um, He actually, during that lesson, he actually, I just, we talked for the first half hour. I was just asking him some rapid fire questions about stuff I wanted another pianist to give me advice on. And it was very informative. It it actually kind of just helped me narrow my piano playing just by seeing like what what he thought about, mm. like how, how he approached certain things or whatnot. Um, but he's very kind, very gracious. Uh, he actually, I couldn't make it to his gig with, uh, I think it was Tom Harrell. Mm. We couldn't make it uh, the night. He's like, I got tickets for you if you want or whatnot. So, but uh, he's very, actually keep it going. One of the songs on um, the Centrio EP is uh, actually in the vein of his writing or whatnot. So he's actually a big influence uh, to my piano playing, for sure. Dick, we'll, we'll check that out in a little bit, but mad props mm-hmm. to uh, Danny Grisette. Oh, yeah. So good. So good. Number four. Would you rather always have to sing instead of speaking or always have to dance instead of walking? Probably dance. Ian's, Ian's face palming right now <laughs> really hard. <laughs> uh, probably dance uh they're both really good um actually a little known fact uh i actually go line dancing on thursday nights at uh, you, you, you 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 preempted another one of my questions <laughs> oh <laughs> set myself up yeah. nice but yeah no i've been i discovered how awesome line dancing is and accessible it is it's i'd recommend it to everybody it's super fun i don't know why i'm just talking about my school life but my fifth grade teacher was doing the line dancing. So when I was in fifth grade, she made, she petitioned our entire elementary school. Every Friday, we would line dance for like 30 minutes. Nice. I just, every time I hear that song, Elvira, I have flashbacks. <laughs> it's good. It's good exercise. It's part it of like, the hive mentality. It was basically <laughs> calisthenics. Oh, yeah. Country no, calisthenics. It's so great. But yeah, walking on the sidewalk, I'm thinking of... Uh, I forget which music video Michael Jackson had where the sidewalk would light up. Oh, wow. I imagine that, like, if you had a dance everywhere. It's like, oh, yeah, I could do that. That'd be cool. <laughs> Just get some augmented reality. Yeah. Make it fun. Yeah. Um, number five, this versus that, kind of like the beginning. Mm-hmm. This versus that, Ableton Live versus Ableton Push. Oh, well, they both kind of need each other more or less but ableton push just because it's that's it's the easiest way to trigger stuff okay so is that that's, it's, yeah that's a that's the controller that's yeah that's the, the controller, controller. Yeah. Oh, okay oh okay as if you don't but if you don't have the if controller you, didn't know, yeah. you could you could still use ableton live without the controller okay. but um the oh, push, i thought it was a slightly different system i guess no no it's it's formatted in a way that you can trigger it based off um just like pressing buttons and like it's all lit up and it's it makes things a lot more um the workflow better mm. 
Um, and it's extremely, it took me a minute to figure out how to use it. I'm still kind of learning new things, which is half the fun. Uh, but it makes the workflow and better as well as um, enables you to do stuff like trigger samples or whatever live much easier than like, you know, actually being at the computer, you know, uh, moving your mouse around right, and right, doing right. all that stuff. So, okay. Yeah. It's more of the push is more of just the, the touchpad interface. Yeah. Uh, okay, I thought it was its own program. Never mind. Today we, we redact that question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> did not know. Uh, number eight. Number six. This is uh, kind of, you already kind of jumped me on this. Mm-hmm. This versus that. Mm-hmm. I'll switch them around. Line dancing versus the haka. Haka. The like, haka. Oh, yeah. Hands down. Yeah. Yeah, that's the most... I mean, they're both awesome, obviously, but the haka is like, I mean, that's, that's a cultural thing. and It's a war cry. Oh, yeah. And it's, if you if you ever able to do the haka, it, it's almost unfair to do it, you know, how the New Zealand All Blacks do the haka before game or mm. the Tongan national team or the Samoan national team. Fiji also has their own haka. Um, it's, it's almost unfair because in terms of getting pumped up, man, you're, you're already like... 110 percent before the game starts and it's like all right game is on and the other team better watch out yeah (laughs) because that's is the most pumped up you'll ever be yeah so i saw a cool old photo of like a of a maori uh unit during the second world war Mm -hmm. like conscripts and there there's a photo of them somewhere during something Mm -hmm. doing the haka and it's just a line of them but the guy who's in front right near the camera, mm-hmm. like it's it's like it's a picture from seventy plus years ago and his mm-hmm. face is just jumping out at you. Yep. It's just this It's the most fearsome thing. Yeah. thing you'll ever like look at and be like, Wait, you have I have to go against that? Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to over. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's kind of a it's a, <laughs> you're right. It's no yeah. contest. You're right. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, um Number seven, and this is free association. Mm-hmm. Think whatever, answer this, take it however you will. Mm-hmm. Black licorice? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no. I'm weird. I like it. I don't know why. Uh, no. I used to drink Jaeger in college. Yeah, that'll, that'll do it. Like yeah. an idiot. Yeah. So it's The anise, yeah. Yeah, but that's the only time I would ever get down with that taste. Um and that was because I was a young man. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't know better. All right. That was the San Diego 7 with Ed Kornhauser and our guest, Tonga Ross Mao. So in addition to your jazz record and your, your beats and your quote-unquote bedroom producing and all that stuff, you have a an epic group that plays in town. Uh, I've seen you guys a bunch of times called Bomb Squad with yourself and Ricky, G- Ricky Giordano on guitar and Tim Fig Newton on the... I was going to say bass. <laughs> and Tim Fig Newton on the drums. Uh, and you guys have a, a cool gig coming up with, in the fall with that band, right? Yes. We're going to be playing. Uh, there's a new festival that actually a number of my friends developed and are pushing called the Same Same But Different Music Festival at Lake Paris on the weekend of September 22nd and 23rd. Um, the lineup includes headliners like Lettuce, um, the Floozies and Boombox, as well as a, a slew of other bands or whatnot. So 
we're I think we're slated to play on the Saturday, so the twenty second in the after late afternoon, maybe three or four o'clock. And you are you are multi instrumentaling on different keyboards in that group. You do it's kind of yes. ostensibly it's an organ trio thing, but you've got a I've yeah. seen your setup, you've got like a triple mount. Yeah, and maybe like quad mount by then. Oof. So awesome. We'll, well see. Well, we'd love to have you back when you get some of that stuff recorded and yeah. released. And mm-hmm. uh, that group sounds terrific. I've seen you live a couple times. You mm-hmm. guys are uh, loud. Loud. <laughs> You're very loud. Yeah. You're awesome. Aggressive though. and yeah. <laughs> with the three of you guys together, it's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. And again, your brand new record, Ascent Trio, comes out on June 29th. Mm-hmm. And where can our listeners find your music? Uh, all streaming platforms. So um, Spotify, Tidal, Apple Music, and whatnot. You can also purchase the the album on iTunes. And um, I'll have it available on, probably have it available on my own website, Um But... Anywhere you generally get your your digital music, it'll be will be available. Excellent. Well, please get out there and support live music, and also pick up a copy of the album. And Tonga, uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming down. Yeah. Thanks for finally having me. Yeah, man. <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks for cranking out some great music that we could play. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate you have, it. You got to show me all your tricks in Ableton. Oh yeah, <laughs> I got to learn more tricks too. So. <laughs> But until then, we're going to take it out with another one of your new tunes from the Ascent Trio self-titled record. This one is called Keep It Going. Is that right? Mm-hmm.
You've been listening to the San Diego Sessions podcast brought to you by Dirty Boulevard Recording Company. Please subscribe now on iTunes or listen online at dirtyboulevardrecording.com. Theme music composed by Ed Kornhauser. Performed by Ed with Grant Fisher guitar, Harley Magzino bass, Ian Tordella saxophone, and Charles Weller on drums. If you'd like to be a guest on San Diego Sessions, please contact us. All musical selections are used by permission of the artists. San Diego Sessions is engineered and produced by Ian Tordella at Dirty Boulevard Recording Company. <laughs>